I had to work backwards almost, I feel like. Like, this is how I'm living. So based on how I'm living, what does that show I believe about God? And then when I, when, when I could do that, then that's when I realized, okay, but the Bible says this about God. So why am I living this way? And I had to really go backwards in my thinking in, in that and ask a lot of questions because, yeah, we just get stuck and we don't, we don't grow and we don't mature and then we don't share it because it's like, well, I'm not set free. So why would I want someone else to live conflicted like I have been? Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another show. On, the, on behalf of Disciple of City, I'm Todd Carlton, and this is the Toddcast. Friends, Disciple of City exists to equip and encourage churches, ministries, and organizations with simple tools on how to become disciple-making disciples and share the gospel everywhere we go. To learn more, check it out at discipleofcity.ca. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow along on Instagram at the Toddcast underscore DAC. My guest today is from Bancroft, Ontario. She's a singer-songwriter who was recently nominated for a GMA Covenant Award for Canadian Christian Song of the Year for her song, Look to Me. Her most recent album is called Wildflowers, released in September 2023. Please welcome Alicia Kyle. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for having me. How was the drive down? Uh, it was pretty good. Everything was very salty, so I'll have to go through the car wash today, I think. It was snowing pretty good this morning. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, we got some yesterday up in Bancroft. We're in a little, uh, we're in quite the little snow belt here too in the hidden Toddcast studios. Nice. Yeah. You found it okay, though, eh? I did, yeah. Some some have difficulty, but we got to be tucked away and hidden. Yes. For these special days. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, welcome, and thank you for bringing me a coffee. You know, I'm just so kind and better than Adam. <laughs> you are. You are so kind. And funny you bring him up, because didn't you tell me that he told you... you, you not to bring one that yeah. I was off coffee. He told me you were off coffee and I didn't need to bring you one. Yeah. He needs to repent. <laughs> so he's been here three times and never brought me anything. Oh, Adam, come on. Yeah. Well, there, there won't be a fourth. I could tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, enough about the cat lover. Um, moving along, Alicia. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about with your music. Uh, that's really exciting uh, that you got to, you got nominated for a Covenant Award and love to talk about that. But um, just uh, take us back to the beginning, like as far as faith goes, how, how you grew up in faith and stuff. Yeah, I grew up in Bancroft and came to know the Lord pretty young. My older brother came home from a camp and had accepted Jesus. So he was sharing it with me and um, I don't remember what we said. I just remember being on the top bunk in their room and in my brother's rooms. And um, yeah, that's kind of where I accepted him as savior. I grew up in a church going home and my parents were super involved in ministry. And uh, my mom noticed that we could sing at a very young age. I started singing when I was two and started singing harmony when I was three. And uh, my older brother and her and I would sing at church and we would do Martin's soundtracks and 
uh, make sure the tapes are queued up to the right spot to get the right key for the three of us to be able to sing. And um, so, yeah, I grew up in that kind of environment and uh, my parents would have people living with us at different times if there was um, single mothers with their kids who were um, just kind of in between places and stuff. So we had lots of people coming in and out of the house and uh, Bible studies happening all the time. So lots of lots of good influence and I was able to see um, just how much faith they had for finances. My mom didn't really have a normal job. She would do different jobs. She kind of does everything. So um, my dad had the consistent normal income and then we would just kind of have faith for the rest of it. I have three siblings, so there's a lot of us in one house and yeah, it's kind of my early years. (laughs) Harmonizing at three. At three. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. There is a, some kind of tape playing in the van and mom heard one of us harmonizing and she pulled over and said, who's doing that? And we're like, we don't know. But now that I see three-year-olds, like that's young. Some of them can hardly even talk. So it is pretty crazy. Yeah, that is. So uh, an older brother? Yes. And what's the third? Um, Another brother and then a younger sister. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, full house. Yeah. Full house. Does your brother sing still? He can still sing, yeah. Yeah. Yep. But not singing... Not like actively a, singing, no. But he he's on one of my songs, which is really cool. He, um, My mom kind of helped me write a song. Um, and then she jumped on the recording. And then my producers were like, do you think your brother will do it? Because they knew my history with the three of us singing. And I was like, I don't know if he will. And I asked him and he said yes. So the three of us are singing on my song called Bloom. That's awesome. Um so as you, as you grew up, did your, with, with all those great examples and stuff, it's just, I, I find that like, even with that, as we grow and sort of seek our identity as, as individuals, um, how, what did that look like for you? Like, as far as growing deeper with the Lord, or did you ever sort of not question your faith, but sort of change into what that looks like for you as an individual or what did that look like for you? Yeah, absolutely. Like I think, um, I feel like I was the kid that, that showed up and, um, maybe wasn't checked in on as much because I looked like I was okay. Um, which I didn't know at the time you just kind of do life and then you look back and think, well, maybe I should have reached out for help there, whatever it is. But, um, I think I, I developed a performance mindset uh, as a teenager. I, I um, would lead worship in places and go to youth group and work at Bible camp and all this stuff. But um, somewhere along the way, I I picked up the lie that I'm only valued based on what I do. Um, so got really busy. Um, as soon as I got out of high school, I worked three or four different jobs because there's no full-time anything in Bancroft. Uh, I worked for a year and then went to hairdressing school in Peterborough and um, got a job right out of that and went into like this season of autopilot where I worked three days a week in the salon. I was working weekends at graphic camp and uh, once a month at my sister-in-law's salon in Bancroft and like I could name so many different things that I had on the go. Uh, For years I went, I did that. Um, I don't know where you want to go after that, but 
Yeah. Well, were you were you doing that just to to make money, or were you just trying to figure out no. who you were and what you were supposed to do? Or I don't. I wasn't making money really. I think I I was just. Um, I I'm a really deep thinker, so I think I would question why. This was kind of in my early twenties. Like, why is it so hard for Christians to have conversations about God together? Like, you, we believe the same thing, but it just feels like this awkward thing that we never bring up. And um, so those started qu- questions started happening. I grew up in a brethren church, which is a little bit more traditional, and I'm so thankful for it because, like, very grounded in the Word of God. Um, but then when I went to church in Peterborough, I started going to these other churches that were maybe more um, Holy Spirit filled kind of thing, or I'd go to these other events that were more this and other events that were something else. And it, it just felt like we're all worshiping the same God, but there's so many people doing it differently. And what what is, what's right? I don't get it. So I started to really ask a lot of questions in my early 20s. Um, also had like a, a failed relationship when I was 19 that, that I didn't realize I took on as such a failure um, that also contributed to just making poor decisions and that kind of thing. So um, just a little bit of a mess in my early 20s, I think, looking back at it. At the time, it was just like, I'm going to be busy and that's going to be good and this is just how life is. So it wasn't until... Um, it wasn't until probably like 26, 27 when I started saying, okay, God, there's got to be more than this because it just didn't feel like it was the real thing. And that's when uh, over the course of a few years, he started stripping back things that I had been holding on to and um, unconfessed sin and all this stuff that just kind of was keeping me captive. And um I heard, I think it was Mike Donahue from 10th Avenue North said something like, when you grow up in a Christian home, sometimes there's a a point in your life when you make uh, Jesus your savior and there's another time that you make him Lord. So it was, it was definitely like later twenties where I chose to make Jesus Lord of my life. That's a powerful statement. That's Mm -hmm. a t-shirt. Yeah. Melissa, Melissa, that's a (laughs) t-shirt. Um, yeah, no, that is a very powerful statement and really actually very, very true. It's very true. Um, I, I imagine it, it must have been difficult. Well, not difficult, but just like the same for everybody, right? In the sense that obviously when you were at home in that environment, things were good. The graphite must have been heaps of fun. You feel close to the Lord, but then you're going to high school and you're just doing like you're just living like every kid in your town or wherever or when you're working right and so it's kind of like like the contrast well it just felt like like when I was in high school our our youth group was like 60 to 80 kids like it was pretty big we had a lot of so I feel like I was surrounded by a lot of Christians but it just didn't feel like I was surrounded by anyone who was actually being transformed by the gospel you know like it, it just felt like um we're all just kind of living like the world, but we don't swear and we don't drink and we don't sleep around and we don't, you know, there's, so it, that's why I say performance based because it was just like this, we're all doing the right things, but it's not, it's not actually transforming us or making an impact on anyone around us. Cause we don't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. And so then in that case, I imagine if, if kids or people 
like did one of those things that they felt like they shouldn't do, then they'd be riddled with guilt and not want to even yes. confess or share with people. Right. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you were 27 and, and really or around that was what you said. Yeah. Um, was it, was it that you just wanted, were you kind of reaching like a, a low point if you will, or, or did you just really want answers to those questions of like, why are all these worship expressions different and yeah I think um so in my early 20s I had gone to a concert and it was like the first time I well not the first time maybe the second time I really heard the Holy Spirit say something to me during a song that was being sang and it was like um this is what you're gonna do when you're 27 like referring to the person on the stage and, but then like quickly after, but don't try and figure out what it's going to look like. Cause it's not going it, to, it's not really going to look like this. So, which is kind of confusing. Cause it's like, it is this, but it's not. Um, and I remember when I was approaching 27, I was like, Hey God, how could this happen? Because like my life's a mess and I don't even know who I am and I don't know how this could happen. And, um, but then I just felt uh, so my birthday's in June. So I turned 27 and then by January, um, I had just somewhere in there was like, God just said, just start writing, like not anything specifically, but journaling and, um, getting into the word and just like writing things down. And, um, that January was 2020. So by, by then I was like starting to see like a little bit of hope, like, Oh, maybe I'm going to write songs. And cause I had written a few songs in the past, but they're terrible. <laughs> and I, I didn't think I was good at it. So I didn't ever consider that. I just thought I'd lead worship and that kind of thing. So, um, I, I started like reaching out to different things and applying for, um, things in churches and, and just, putting my irons into every fire, like just trying to say, God, what do you want me to do? Because I'm still in this do mindset. And, um, yeah, so it was 2020 and then the pandemic happened and then it was like, well, God, now nothing can happen. Like how, what am I supposed to do now? I can't work. I can't lead worship in church. And, and it was in that season that's when God really stripped back. Like, it's not about what you do. Like, I just want you. So that was kind of, it was a low point because, I was disappointed in myself that I hadn't taken steps towards what I knew God was calling me to do. Um, and just a lot of different things going on that, yeah, it felt like a, a low point. So was this the time when Jesus became Lord? Yeah. In, in that year for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a specific, was there a specific or like pinnacle moment or was it like sort of a progression for you? I think it was a progression. Like I don't, I, I could think back really hard and, and know moments like multiple things where I was just on my knees. Like God changed my mindset because I, I can't get out of this thinking pattern. So I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think there was one moment. No. Yeah. Which might not be for, for people. So, um, yeah, sometimes it's just, but it became, it ended up being very like profound and evident to you that there was a significant change. Eh? Yeah. So then did you start 
writing more or what, like when that change happened, how did that, what shifted in your life? Yeah. So the first couple of weeks, it was kind of nice to have a break, <laughs> but then as, as the lockdown kept getting extended, it, it felt like, oh my goodness, like I, I just need to do something. I can't, I'm going stir crazy. And, um, I think one of my friends had introduced me to like a songwriting community on Facebook. There was like this online camp that was happening, uh, called the 333 challenge. And I joined that and I shared one of my songs in it. And then after that week, it became an academy. So I, I, I was like, I really got a lot out of this and I feel like I'm growing. So I'm going to keep doing it. And, um, uh, one the guy who leads it is is from the Waterloo area. He lives in Nashville now. His name's Brad. He he was um he reached out to me directly and he was talking about my song Worthy and because I had shared it in the group and he said, "Have you ever thought about recording?" And I said, "Yeah, maybe. Like that'd be kind of fun, I guess, someday." And so he introduced me to to Steve Lensink, who's my producer, and um, got us connected. And Steve was touring less with his wife because of the pandemic. So he had extra time to do some, uh, recording stuff. So he said yes. And, um, we started going back and forth and building a track and stuff. And then, um, in that time I was also writing other stuff. So, uh, I ended up releasing four songs together two years ago and, um, I've been working with Steve. So I, I think like just, so I was personally being transformed by the Lord and this stuff was just happening. Like I wasn't, making it happen I like looking back at it I'm I'm like how did that even happen (laughs) I don't even know when that door opened or when that person said yes and so it was just like living from surrender just God just lined things up and that those four songs was that your that's your EP posture yes yeah that's uh that was 2021 yes so you had written worthy and but just like wrote it but and what like you would sing it at like a church when you worshiped or no so that that was like in the first couple of months of the pandemic and then with Nathan and Jess Kirshner uh they helped me finish that song and it, there was kind of a rush on it because I was recording um kind of services for one of the churches in Bancroft and I was like if I put a song that I wrote on it, then I don't have to worry about copyright and all this stuff. So, um, we, we just finished it and put it out, but then it became this, like this crazy song. And it's still crazy to me. Every time we do it, there's, there's a different part that stands out because it's so simple, but that one really came out of, I've shared this before, um, on the disciple of city music page and stuff, but, um, I was in a place of fear and unknown and all that. And, yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, so when I wrote it, it was just, I wanted a song about Jesus and just about who he is. And it doesn't matter what, what's going on in the world. Like, I just want to focus on him and worship him for who he is. So, um, yeah, Nathan and Jess helped me finish it. And they wanted to put it on the Disciple of City record, too. Um, so that, my my stuff with, with DACM and my own stuff was kind of happening at the same time. So it went from like no music, anything to the world shutting down to no hope of music, anything to two projects at the same time. And a great song. And I think I said this 
So friends, uh, further back, I'm not sure which episode it is, but we did one with the, the, the whole Disciple of City music team, and Alicia talked about this song uh, in it. So this is a little deeper chat with her. Um, but I think I mentioned in that that the first time I heard that while I was driving, it just hit my heart and my eyes just welled up and I couldn't see and could have potentially, you could have killed me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. I could have crashed. Um, yeah, that's really, it's, it's fascinating how God works, right? You write something and it goes from nothing and then all of a sudden you record it and then you're doing all kinds of stuff. Now, had you been writing, um, your wildflowers, when did that start happening for you? So I released the EP in 2021 and then kind of took a break. Um, And then by January of 2022, I started going through my notes because I'm always writing and making voice memos and that kind of thing. So I started just gathering everything that I had to see if I would have enough content for another project and um, just started dreaming about that a little bit. And I had probably like 25 almost finished songs and I thought that was like pretty amazing because I, I didn't, again, like I'm not actively like, okay, I'm going to write a song about this so that I have it for track seven kind of thing. It, it's just this, um, it just kind of happened. So yeah, by January I was collecting things. By spring I had started talking to Steve again about the possibility of recording and then he, he was getting really busy again. So he wasn't sure if he'd be able to produce it for me. Um, so I kind of left it. I waited for the summer, um, cause summers are usually pretty busy for me anyways. And, um, by the end of the summer, he said, I'm going to work with a guy from my church and the two of us could do it together. Um, his name's Trevor. So the two of them got on board and by September we started recording. So the songs had come out of the year uh, in 2020. One when I had released my EP, that was a really hard year. There was a lot of stuff going on. Um, again, God just like stripping things back. And um, I think it's interesting to me, the story of uh, when Jesus gets baptized and then the Holy Spirit comes on him and then he's led out to the wilderness. Because I think when we're, when we first come to know Jesus, and his Holy Spirit comes on us. I think we we are almost zealous and excited and want to just do things and like make change and, you know, that kind of thing. But there's something about um, going away with him first to like, I don't even know how to explain this, but it's kind of him to take us away into the wilderness because it's in the secret, in the quiet, where it's not in front of everyone, where he can draw out the things that need to come out so that it's not in front of everyone to shame us, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of that year for me. And, um, like just being pulled back to say, okay, Alicia, I know you want to do the things cause you're really good at doing, but I need you to, to live out from my power and my, like I'm the source. So that, that was that year. And so by January, um, yeah, I had all these songs that were kind of a lot about transformation. Like if I could pull one word from that whole album, it's that that's the word is transformation because that's what was happening to me. Um, and then by 
I think February or March, I was at my friend Heidi's house and we, we finished um, Wilderness and Confession. She wrote those two with me. And um, like the song Wilderness is like, take me there. Because that's usually the place we don't want to go, right? And we always talk about, oh yeah, this wilderness season, it's so bad. And But but I want to... I want to encourage people to desire to go there because like the sweetest things happen there and it's where we're restored and redeemed and um, set free from things. And, and that's like, there's beauty there and that's uh, it's like wildflowers growing for his glory and yeah. for only him. Um, and the, the wilderness, like you're, this is, this is growing or as you talked about being, like him stripping away things. Yeah. Um, like not wanting to get terribly personal or whatever, or whatever you're comfortable with, but is there like an example of something that was stripped away from you that you would feel comfortable sharing that you think somebody else might be going through that would, that would help them whatever, whatever you're comfortable with. Yeah. I, I don't, it's, it's not, it doesn't even have to be anything big. Like there are big things too, but I, I think we also struggle with, um, like there's one, one time in particular where I felt the need to defend myself because there were things being said to me that didn't make sense that were hurting me. And so I I just felt this need to, to defend. And when we do that, sometimes in our flesh, like we, become emotional and we, um, we want to respond in a way that's not loving. So in, in that time, I just, I, it was the, God was so persistent in saying like, let me defend you, let me defend you, let me defend you. So I, I had to keep like pressing in and trusting him in that. And, and it was so hard because my nature is to fight. Like I, I just, that's how I've always been. So Um, that's one example. There's, there's so many little things like that, but in that, in that time of allowing him to defend me, then I, now I know God as defender. Like, so when we allow God to be the thing for us, then we know him as that. And then we can trust him in that in the future. Whereas when we just get in the way and we defend ourselves, then we can say God is our defender, but we don't actually live in such a way that proves that we believe that if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And you know what? You're, you're totally right. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be big things. Like sometimes we feel like it's only big things that we need to get through, but little things can just like, if we don't address them or address those little lies, they can, they can eventually become big things, right? Kind of like a little sliver that at first is nothing, but if you don't get it out, it gets affected and yeah. Right. And if you have one say in your foot, then all of a sudden, what was something little, all of a sudden you can't walk. Yeah. And I think we can, we can disregard those things too. And it's easier to just sweep it under the rug, but, um, it still holds us back in some, some way. And I think a lot of kids that grow up in Christian homes can relate to that. It's like, um, well, I don't really have a testimony or I didn't have this big turnaround moment or I didn't have this, this thing, but, but God calls us to obedience and to be faithful. And, and that means in, in, in pride and greed and all these other little things too, that, that can cause us to look inward and not keep our eyes fixed on the Lord. Yeah. 
Um, here's a little, here's hopefully a little bit of wilderness here. good and it's so oh, that's so true okay right? yeah. where where we get where we get restored i think that i think that he he programs us for not not programs but like we're created in his image right so obviously we're created with a, an image and a necessity for identity and our identity is with him yeah and so at first when we're young regardless of whether you're in a christian home or not our identity is within the family unit, but as we grow, it's like he wants an individual personal relationship with each of us. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's really, that's really, that's really good. I find it really interesting. Um, and this is like not anyone's fault or anything, but I think we always hear the stories of like before they were saved, and then like when they met Jesus and after, um, but when you grow up in a Christian home and you carry the weight of, well, I should know better. So I need to do these things. And, um, yeah, I, I just, I had to work backwards almost. I feel like, like this is how I'm living. So based on how I'm living, what does that show? I believe about God. And then when I, when, when I could do that, then that's when I realized, okay, but the Bible says this about God. So why am I living this way? And I had to really go backwards in my thinking in, in that and ask a lot of questions. Cause yeah, we just get stuck and we don't, we don't grow and we don't mature and then we don't share it because it's like, well, I'm not set free. So why would I want someone else to live conflicted? Like I have been. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like you have an answer from him as to why there's so many different expressions? Like, you know, you talked about coming to Peterborough and going to a variety of different churches and seeing a bunch of different expressions and sort of asking why. Do you feel like he's answered that question to you or or have... Like denominations or, or just... Yeah, you were just saying how yeah. that was part of your journey, right? It's just coming and going to different denominations or different churches and seeing a different expression and why if it's the same god why is it so different because yeah. it's it's interesting you can understand it when it's culturally different yeah you go to another continent or a completely different culture that they would worship differently based on culture and music but when you're in the same city yeah blocks away from each other and it's so different do you feel like you got an answer for that yeah, I forget what I was listening to one time who was talking about how every generation has to fight for the truth, like fight to, like if you think of, if my parents had never chosen to follow God, like I would be way worse off, right? And then my kids would be way worse off than even me. Where So like just that idea that every generation has to fight for it. So I, I feel like we're in this time where 
there was a previous generation that fought for it, but now people are just going through the motions and like we're in that pre or maybe it's happening already and it probably is in places, but we're in that, in that time now where it's like, okay, now we have to fight for it for the benefit of the next generation and we need to, um, yeah. And, and I think, so I say that because in, in the previous generation fighting for it, people be like have disagreements and on theology and all that stuff. And then they end up splitting up into these denominations. So I really struggled with, with that. Like I hate denominations <laughs> and I, I hate that we're so divided when we serve the same God. Yeah. And I, I think he made us all different because we're a body and we're supposed to function differently. So um, I don't know what that looks like going forward, but I do, I do think that we're in that time where people are either going to just give up and walk away or, or people are going to rise up and say, no, we're going to fight for this because it is truth. And we believe that Jesus is the only way. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe it is like that because we're all so different. And that's how he wants to draw people in. For sure, yeah. You know, because I know when I first came to faith, there was a certain church my wife didn't want me to go to because she was afraid that it would be too charismatic and it would make me turn the other way. Yeah. Which wouldn't have happened because it was my encounter was so radical. Yeah. Um, and, well, I don't know. It, it might have been true. It might have really thrown me. Whereas now, I don't know. I don't know if it could be too charismatic for me. Nice. <laughs> right? I just like, he's just so real and I'm just so yeah. open to whatever that looks like. Yeah. And. But you're trusting him. Like you, you love him and you know what he's done in you. Yeah. Whereas when you don't have that encounter, you kind of just look at the people around you and then you're disappointed because people mess up. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, we were talking in the green room about concerts and stuff and stuff that I'd been to in the past. And I've been to, you know, stadium events with, well, I've seen a lot of weird stuff at like rock and heavy metal shows, like expression of dancing and stuff. I've seen like really weird stuff there too. So mm -hmm. it's not like, it's just a Christian thing. It's an everywhere thing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about your recent trip to the Covenant Awards. Congratulations, by the way, on that nomination. Thank you. That's so awesome. Um, and you were nominated for this song. Let's have a little listen to this. Look to me from your album, Wildflowers. Available on Apple and Spotify. How do they, uh, 
how did this song was this a single or do like how does that work for those awards or is it like they hear your album and no so for these particular awards um you have to be a member a gma member um to submit and then you submit and then the members vote okay so i i specifically chose this one for that category in particular and submitted it yeah yeah awesome did you uh did you meet 180 there 180 180 oh i did yeah it was by t yeah. yeah yeah he was on the show okay cool yeah he sat on the same place you're sitting there wow, shared his to story go back and listen <laughs> yeah 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 he's got a cool story and uh, Fresh IE, was he there? Yep. Yeah, he was here too. Okay. Yeah, sitting in that same place where you were. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Cool. They're very cool dudes and uh, both very powerful uh, testimonies. Um, so what was it like? So that's kind of fascinating that you go from working all those jobs, like you said, and just feeling like you're looking and looking and you're writing and then all of a sudden you write a song and you're part of Disciple City Music for that song and then you write an album and all of a sudden you're at these awards that must be yeah it's a pretty bizarre couple years honestly like I can't believe I don't know it's been this year especially I made some big decisions to um to quit my job and to move home and Um, just kind of step back and say, okay, God, where do you want me? Because, um, I don't know, there was almost something in me that was anything that I did before I was 27, I associate with that person. So it's almost like I've had to just like quit all of that just to move forward. (laughs) So I'm, I'm in a weird quiet season right now where I'm resting and just trying to figure out, um, my next assignment kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so I, I don't know these awards, it's really neat to, to be recognized, um, for that, because that category in particular had to do with songwriting and like four years ago, I didn't even know I could write a song. So yeah, it is pretty cool to see like, I, there's so much, I, I don't even know where to go because I'm not even the same person. (laughs) It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. You've been stretched and and, and all that. So are you, even though you're sort of having a little rest period, are you still writing? Like, do you constantly write? Yeah. So I find like when I was heavy into the production of my album, I was writing a lot less just because you're so focused. Um, that's a really interesting thing too, because like when you think of, when you hear a song on the radio and it's like, oh, I remember I was in high school when that came out. Like songs kind of put you in a point of time. So when you when you're producing and I don't know if anyone else has ever felt this way, but when you're, when you're producing, it's almost like you're stuck in one moment of time when you wrote these songs until they're released. So there's like this, this whole year where you're just so focused on, on that and communicating that and making sure that everything like your photography and your um, social media posts and like everything is surrounding this project. So you're kind of like stuck in time so once it's released, it's almost like, okay, now I need to catch up on this year that I've missed. I it, it's the weirdest thing ever. So I'm, I'm thankful for this time where I get to process and, and 
just think through all of that. And because those songs mean something different to me today than they did when I wrote them. And it's almost like God gives them to you at a time. And then a year or two later, it's when you need them. And yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, and I, yeah, I, that kind of makes sense, right? Because they were given to you or they came out of you during that peeling and stretching phase, right? Yeah. So it's kind of like you're wanting to express that maybe when you're, when you're recording them. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you release it, it's like you have to put yourself back in that place again to say, this is why I wrote this song. <laughs> so it, it's almost like you're stuck in this in this moment for so long because you're like re-communicating it over and over, but then it kind of evolves and yeah, it's super interesting. Yeah. So I know you're, I know you're in a, uh, you know, like you said, like sort of a resting phase and, and just feeling out what your next assignment is. Um, what would you like to like, where, where, where has he put you now that you've been, those things have been peeled away and you've gone through this, you, you know, you went through that recording process. So now you've caught up on that year. Mm-hmm. So where are you now? Not what your next assignment is, but where are you now with him? What kind of place are you in now? Um, I, I feel like maybe for the rest of our lives, we're, we're learning to trust him, but in different ways. So because I'm not working right now, it's like, where's, um, my car insurance money going to come from and where is like, I I'm in a really good situation because my parents have just said, just come home and like, I don't pay rent or anything. So it's not like I have a lot of that, but it's just like trusting him in the day to day and in the people that he's brought into my life right now. Um, I just feel like people are really hurting and carrying a lot of heavy things. And it's funny because last week, um, I just kind of felt like I was in this funk, like, okay, God, am I doing this for me? Like, is this, um, am I being selfish or whatever, like taking this time off and not doing anything? And and I said, can you just give me a little glimpse of what's going on? And, and then, uh, I had to bring a friend to an appointment in Peterborough and I was just killing time in the mall and walking around and Chris Blackwood is like, Oh, Hey, Alicia. I was like, Hey, what are you doing? And he was their assignment, and they just said, we're here praying for people. Do you need prayer for anything? <laughs> Blackwood! Yeah, right? So I said, sure. And and it's cool because Simon, who I had never met him before, but he was praying about John 15, like, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And abide has been my word for, like, the last year. So that was that was cool, like, just keep abiding, right? And then at the end, Chris said, um, I don't know exactly what he said because I, it didn't really phase me at the time, but he said, um, something to do with like writing songs or teaching people about holiness. And I was like, Oh yeah, that's really cool. Thanks so much guys for praying. Like maybe you came to the mall just for me today. And so, and then I left and then a couple, like over the next couple of days was just meeting with different people and, and hearing what people are struggling with and the, and the things that they just feel stuck in and don't know where to go with it. And, um, there was something about just that week that made me realize like God, God is looking for a pure and spotless bride and he wants us to be holy. Like he's calling us to holiness. And 
I don't know that he's just teaching me about what that looks like, especially when you have, um, when you have a past that you're ashamed of, or you have something that happened to you that you carry. It's like, how do you, how can that be part of your story yet? You're still holy. So I, that's kind of where my head is at this week anyways. And, and I just see that in my hometown, like that's where I am now. I'm back in Bancroft and I, I just, I see, people have been praying there. They, they pray prayer walk every couple of weeks. And like, there's just some really beautiful people who are waiting on God to show up and, and waiting for him to transform that community. So I, I see him doing something. I just, I don't know what it is. I just feel to trust him and, but it's something to do with making us holy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I love that city, by the way, that town, not a city. Yeah. I love that it's town. It's so beautiful there. I love it. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't get there as much as I used to back in the day. Um, what are you, what, what are you, uh, what's your heart on your music? Like, what are you hoping your music does for people? Or have you given that thought? I have, but I also know, like, if no one else was changed, I was, (laughs) (laughs) which is maybe selfish, but I just, I don't, I hope God uses it, but I don't want to, I don't want that to ever be the reason why I do it. You know, like, I I think this is just like overflow from where I'm at and it has helped people because people have told me like, oh my goodness, this song has really spoken to me or um, I feel like I'm walking through the same thing that you were walking through and I don't even know what you went through and that kind of thing. So um, I, it's funny how God uses us and how, cause he doesn't have to, right? Like he doesn't, he can do whatever he wants. He could just meet someone's needs some other way, but he, he chooses to use us. So what was your question? <laughs> what just what if if you were hoping that your music could be used in a certain way you right. you've really you've you've answered it okay kind of yeah i like, just i i would love people to experience um a life of victory like a living living from freedom and living from victory in jesus because like so many people just live life in autopilot and there's so much more that he wants for us. So yeah, it's kind of, I think what my message would be. It's just, uh, I mean, there's an un, the theme here is obviously clearly Jesus and what he's done in people's lives, but there's an underlying theme here, which is for me, but this show, which is music mm-hmm. because it's so, it's been a huge part of my life and it's so powerful. Right. And it's like, it's so powerful that, when you're angry, there's music you can listen to that sort of maintains that anger or is a release for that anger or, you know, there's music that's depressing. There's music that's filled with joy and stuff. And then there's, you know, it was powerful for me with, with certain Christian musics that was of my genre that when I came to faith that I listened to, that was like, it was the same music style, but it wasn't the anger. It wasn't the anger. Mm -hmm. It was the connection to him. And then it's just opened my scope to different styles of music to whereas even your 
like the songs, some of the ones that we just listened to, right? It's just like worshiping him and, you know, you can drive and listen to these songs and just feel connected to him. And whether it's like you said, some people have reached out and said, oh, I felt like I was going through what you did and I don't know what it was. And just that connection. It's, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so powerful and so good. Yeah. Songs can give language to things that you're going through for sure. Yeah. Um, we're not completely done yet, but thanks for coming. Yeah. I appreciate you coming and sharing your story. I don't know if I've said anything of value. But <laughs> oh, you've said a lot of... Oh, that's but, good. I feel like I'm rambling all the time. So oh, no. Good. You know what? It's very different when you're sitting where you're sitting. Yeah. And it, it, fe- it could feel like 10 minutes, but, we, you know, but we've been chatting and you've said a lot of really good things. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's been very good. And uh, again, I just wanted to thank you uh, again. Congratulations on the nom- on the nomination for the Covenant Award. Um, bless you in your rest and listening to him for what's next for you. Um, looking forward to the next stuff that you're going to write. Um, and before I get into the final question, I just wanted to say to everybody listening that uh, this is the final episode for season two of the Toddcast. Thanks for listening this year. Uh, appreciate it. Like and subscribe. Um, and we're going to take a little break over Christmas as we celebrate the birth of our king. So from Alicia and myself and all of us at Disciple of City, Merry Christmas to everyone. Um, because we're going to fade out to one of your one of your songs and just let the whole thing go because they're so good thank you <laughs> yeah um but my my final question for you would be as you shared your story and you talked about like in and around when you were 20 and from that time from 20 to 27 where you're seeing different expressions and you're just kind of trying to figure things out and you're you know not anything specific, but obviously things happen and there was some need of like, like you weren't confessing things, say, or like up until the point where he's peeling things back for you, right? And showing you who you really are, mm-hmm. um, whether it's your community or not, if you uh, came across somebody like in and around that age, 2021, 20, that's going through that same thing. What what advice or what would you say to them to help them not have that last seven years? Hmm. Um, it's okay that you don't have everything figured out. <laughs> I think there's this expectation when you're done high school, like you you go to school and you get a career and you get married and you have kids and you get into all of that. And none of that happened the way that I thought it would, but that's okay. And I think they, um, yeah, just, just knowing that, that God is there and he's with you and he will reveal things when, when you're willing to listen. Um, yeah, but it's okay that you don't have it all figured out because none of us do. (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you. I can't even recognize what song this is. It is Bloom. Okay. This is the one with my mom and my brother. It's beautiful. <laughs> Amen. It was a good pick then. It's great. So, yeah, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for answering his call. It's a gift. If you're harmonizing at three, it's a gift. 
for sure given by him for his glory so I'm sure a lot of people would agree with me just to thank you for abiding in that and listening to him and creating this stuff and uh, look forward to hearing more from you in the future yeah thank you so so friends I'm going to stop talking and enjoy this Merry Christmas and we'll see you next year (laughs) 